What has this offseason taught us about the direction of the NFL tight end market? What should we keep an eye on over the next 12 months? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. The Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy national Dan Snyder in the mud day to you. What a See legacy. you later. What a legacy. What a legacy, Kyle. Imagine being a fan of your favorite team, buying that team. For 25 years almost. And the legacy that he had, it was disgusting. Dude, it it felt like the end of, and it's another Star Wars reference, so my apologies to you in advance. You Job of the Hut? Job of the Hut? Who are we going with here? The Wookiees? You don't have to pretend like you don't know, huh? like like Fetch yesterday. Luke Skywalker? Huh? What do you want to get into here? It felt like Lightsabers. the end of uh, a, a new... What, a new hope, yeah. No, uh, no, not a new hope. Empire Strikes Back, the, no. Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, yeah, yeah like that's Return what I was of the thinking. end of Return of the Jedi. When Darth Vader's dead mm. in the bonfire, right, and all of the Ewoks are having the party in the jungle, yeah. yeah, that's what DC fans online and presumably in the DC metro area did all day yesterday. Yeah, and they should. Da, na, 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 na. But, so you see this, that there's a good chance that they change the, the name again? They should. I would. If I, if the, you bought the football the, team, wouldn't you? The, the entire pathway of what they were to the football team, to the commander, is just super clunky. Let's wipe the slate clean. Kyle, let's their logo's a W. Like their logo's is, a W. But they have a really nice patch. I'm a I'm a sucker for a good patch though. Yeah, I like a good patch too, but I don't like gradients and I don't like a single letter as your NFL logo. It could be worse. It could be a helmet. Okay, shots fired <laughs> at the Browns. <laughs> I mean, just tell tell me I'm lying though. No, you're not. Our logo is not. a brown helmet. It's tough, man. It's tough to tough to like that. It's, that's that's a uh, it's not a rising bison. Or whatever that's charging, 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 charging bison, bison. Excuse yeah. me, yeah, bison, definitely bison, bison, critical, not a buffalo, bison. That's right, it's not a buffalo. <laughs> Don't make that mistake. See these buffaloes, man. Like a real buffalo is not like any. It's like a looks like a huge cow like a water buffalo we all right. see the videos of lions eating these things that's a buffalo whoa i don't know what what videos you're watching but the wildlife videos you know me, water, i like i like them is it the same it's different than a wildebeest right oh yes vastly different i would argue what the bills have as their mafia is closer to a wildebeest than an actual buffalo yeah i think that's probably look, true. look at what's on your hat a bison a bison is more similar to a wildebeest beast than it is to a, a buffalo. wildebeest Pronunciation yes. police come arrest this man. 
<laughs> hey, we've had a good week. No, uh, no arrest. Maybe we can yeah, screw so that up far. today. So far. We'll see what uh, happens. We're going to talk about the tight end market, though. Yes, officially now. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to do this like we've done the other position groups, talk about what this offseason has told us about the direction of the market, get into some of the big decisions that are coming, and then Kyle and I got some predictions to share over the next 12 months. Let's set the yeah. stage here by considering the big contracts that were handed out this offseason. The big one just happened. Evan Ingram, three years, $41.25 million. That's 13.75 AAV. Then you go all the way down to Hayden Hurst, three years, 21, seven and a quarter AAV. Josh Oliver got the bag here, three years, $21 million, seven million AAV. Juwan Johnson, two years, 12. Dalton Schultz, after the franchise tag, turned that into one year, 6.25 from the Texans. Foster Moreau, three years, 12 million. And then you kind of had some very modest one-year deals for like Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, Irv Smith. I guess Dalton Schultz signed for what, two years, six. That's kind of the... That's kind of the movement we've seen, which is pretty quiet, right? Relatively Gusecki, speaking. Gasecki got one for four and a half with some yeah. stipulated money on top of it. We calling him a tight end? Yes, he played on the tight end franchise tag last year. All right. So I guess here's the interesting thing is you, you look at who got paid, right? Who who are the top paid contracts that were given out? Evan Ingram. Yep. Hayden Hurst. Josh Oliver. Jawan Johnson. These guys are all kind of the same cut from the same cloth, are they not? Yeah, I'd say so. Body type, the style of player that they are. They're, you have to have a certain upside and ceiling in the passing game, and this is not to not to ignore uh, Darren Waller, who is playing on a contract that he previously had, but was a team that somebody invested in. I think that, what was it, 100th overall pick was what the Giants traded for? Something like that, yeah. Round draft selection for Darren Waller. So that's another big investment that was made, even though it wasn't made with a new contract. So I just think it's fascinating to kind of look at, hey, what's the theme on all the guys that had the biggest investments in this offseason? And they are all athletic pass catcher types. And that's not super surprising with yeah. the way the league is going. But um, I think that's that's – the challenge of the tight end position is the intersection of what you have been traditionally versus what you see a lot of teams gravitating towards now and how to merge that effectively while walking the line of what you feel like is a replacement level player in the same way that we have the conversation with running backs. Well, in, there is a need for guys that can block. Like, let's not throw it out the window. Obviously, the most important thing you can do is be a mismatch in the passing game. But like Chris Manhurt's got like $3 million a season. He's generally regarded as one of the top blocking tight ends out there. Um, and so I think that's kind of where your ceiling is if you're a modest pass catcher, but you bring that blocking element. And as teams want to run more wide zone, winning that edge uh, play side with a tight end is important. Um, and so, you know, I think there is a world for those guys to live in, but yes, the pass catching upside that you can bring is where you can challenge to be towards the top of the market. And right now the top of the market, Kyle is Darren Waller at $17 million a season. And I think one of the most important talking points to get into when considering the tight end market is the value, right? There's so much value in tight ends and what they give you. Uh, and then you consider that to the cost of what a wide receiver is, and Darren Waller as the number one highest paid tight end of the league at $17 million a season. That makes him the 18th pay, highest paid wide receiver. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is the 23rd highest paid 
wide receiver in the NFL right now with his contract coming in just to tick over $14 million a season. And so one of my really intriguing thoughts about this tight end market, which I think will segue into what we're going to get into next, is the value that teams are finding with the top of the market at tight end versus the top of the market at wide receiver. And then we had a really good draft class this year of tight ends. And you saw teams that even had tight ends go ahead and get themselves another one, right? Yeah. I mean, multiple teams did that. Some teams picked two on day two, right, with with what the Packers did. Um, and so I think that there's a value game to be played here, especially as you know all these other position groups go up and quarterbacks are expensive. Getting yourself an impact playmaker at tight end and paying him half of what you're going to pay a star receiver is a really good way to kind of distribute the cap on your roster. Yeah, I, have, I have some thoughts on that, but we, we might as well – stash that for 2024 upcoming Joe. yeah so we'll switch gears to that in just a moment but first our partners at ebay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long so whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fit for your roster so with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round? You will be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power in your backfield when taking the Colts' Jonathan Taylor and the Browns' Nick Chubb back-to-back. While Taylor is a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly overall offense in Indianapolis, Chubb is also set up to dominate with more of the combined workload in Cleveland. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car. Because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. So for the right parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just learn, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know what I just got? What's that? For my car on eBay Motors. Hmm. They have those, uh, like the rain guard, like vent shades for the windows when you have the window cracked that are tinted. Hmm. It helps with the the sunlight and also like the air doesn't suck into your car. You never seen those. I've never I got, experienced I, them in the car. Got the, green, got the green check right here. Wow. Yeah. You're excited to put these on. I am. Kyle's going to YouTube how to do it. and My daughter hates bugs, right? So you put the windows down in the car. There's a bug. There's a bee. It's not a bee. It's a fly. It's a spider. It's not a spider. It's a gnat. But. If they're in there, she she throws a fit. Yeah, my daughter doesn't like bugs either, man. It's like a major problem. Yeah. She likes frogs oh. and turtles and snakes. Isn't that weird? Friggin like, bug, we we went to Florida the other week, and, and they had like an animal rescue, and there's like all these spiders and or uh, lizards and uh, snakes, and she's digging it. And then mm-hmm. we get the tarantulas, and it's, nope. Right. 
it's incredible thing that ever could have happened. It's like, dude, the snake's the snake's not that much better either. Dude, if we have a fly in the house, she loses her mind. Like it's a problem. So you gotta hunt it down. Yes, I'm constantly hunting flies. And we like to, you know, go in the backyard and so the back door opens quite a bit. So right. Yeah, it's a problem here. All right. We're gonna talk about upcoming maneuvers. So I guess the first thing we should do is acknowledge expiring contracts as scheduled currently. You have Mm -hmm. Hunter Henry, 30-year-old tight end, Tyler Higby, 31-year-old. Tyler Higby's 31. Yeah, that I was researching that. Uh, this morning, and I was like, "Oh wow, he's thirty-one." Yeah, was he older coming out? Must have been. He must have been like twenty-four coming out. Uh, Dalton Schultz again. Yep. Avoid you're on the back end of his deal. Gerald Everett, T.J. Hawkinson, big I think one. is looming as a big one. Mike Isecki, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, Cole Komet, a bit of an interesting one at a twenty-five-year-old player. And then you're kind of down into the muck. I don't want to call these players muck, but it's where there's a lot of interchangeability that I think starts to to take place. I think in addition to those notable expiring contracts with TJ Hawkinson kind of being the big name, Noah Font, another interesting one, is you have two young players, a fifth-year option decision to make on Kyle Pitts, and then Pat Fryermuth is extension eligible. Mm. And and that, to me, is is a really interesting one. Get that one done quick. Oh, brother. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in the next segment, but... Um, I think where you can really see the market drive up is Fryermuth and Hawkinson, right? Those are, to me, the big names. So let's talk about why, because that kind of gets into kind of where I have this conflict with tight end. And we've had this conversation with tight ends. And we've had this conversation with nickel defenders and safeties. And it's these positions where the really good ones can be this critical X factor in the composition of your roster right? Because of what they can bring. And we talk about tight ends and the impact that they can bring in the pass game and the run game simultaneously and how that's, there's, there's more potential impact, but you have, you, you do have to have like a really special player. And the the longer I've really stewed on it, the more I think it's like the equivalency of middle-class quarterbacks. And not for the sense that they'll get paid, but it's like if you have a middle-class quarterback, you might always want to aspire to improve over that. And I think for tight ends, there's only a handful of guys that I think really are the true two-way players. And if not, then you're either one thing or the other. And I think what that has allowed teams to do is showcase more restraint with paying this position. And then that cuts off the leverage of the true real rare unicorns that do exist from expanding the market at the same rate of the other positions. I do give a scarcity of truly special players at the tight end position that allow that market to grow at the same pace as we see with everything else. And there's complacency to just embrace it being a complimentary part of your offense as a result. And that's why in spite of it being a true X factor on how you construct a roster, it hasn't quite gained the urgency to continue to try to find a player that would give you that. Simultaneously, go back through Super Bowl champions. These guys, like, I know that we talk about quarterbacks and and Super Bowls and all that stuff, but look at these tight ends, man. Kelsey's racking them up. Gronkowski racked them up. Godert, right, in 17. Like, there's there's a correlation between 
unicorn tight ends and Super Bowl winning football teams. It's definitely a thing. Even Kittle with what he means for yeah. San Francisco and how yeah. they've been to these big stages. The, the Ravens are never bad. And Mark Andrews has kind of been their weapon, right? Like, I know Lamar is their offense, but their weapon has been him. I mean, go back to 17, it was Ertz and Godert. Like, there is just this trend of these guys being part of championships. Okay. So let's do the thing. Yep. Eagles and 49 NFC championship game. Eagles and 49ers last year. Godert and Kittle. Yep. Rams, 49ers. Kittle, Higby. Higby's a good player. Higby's, yep. I mean, Higby's making what, $7 million per season? Yep. Not a true unicorn, but a good player. Right. Then you have Gronk getting transplanted over along with Cam Brate and all the depth that Tampa had at, at that position. And Green Bay. Was Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis. That's that's a little bit more of the right stable of tight ends. If they had a better tight end, maybe they'd have won that game. <clears throat> Probably not. No, well, well, Robert Tunyon slander on this show oh. after we left oh. him off our Pro Bowl ballot that one time, and every that's... Packers fan on the face of the planet lost their minds at us. Parlayed that big touchdown, double digit touchdown year into what a one year, two million dollar deal when he hit free agency. So we're good there. Right. And you had Philly. Who did Atlanta have in 2016? Is there a correlation <laughs> there? Probably not. Their tight ends were Austin Hooper, Levine Fiolo. Hooper was good that year, but he wasn't great. And then no. you had Carolina in 15, and that was Greg Oh, Olsen. Greg Olson. Hi. And, <laughs> and then you're into the Seahawks years of 13 and 14, and that was before they traded for – Jimmy Graham, right? Oh, wait, that's we need to know that. We need to know that, Kyle. The 2013 Seahawks. Please hold. Please hold. They had Zach Miller. Zach Miller. Yeah. But Jimmy Graham was not on those rosters that played in the conference championship game. So yeah, I mean that that's just the a, a, NFC side of things. Never mind all the Gronk appearances on the the AFC and I think there is inherent value. Just the challenge is how how frequently available are these players? Should we give the Giants more credit for acquiring a player like that in Darren Waller? Or is Waller still himself a bit more of a skill-specific type player? Well, I think it's interesting to consider both Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson as the big names that have been traded recently and realize that even there was value in the trades. I mean, th those right. teams didn't have to give up a ton to get them. Yeah. No, I so, think Hawkinson's a unique case because he was an expiring deal. He's playing this year on the fifth-year option. Right. And, I, yeah, I think that was more regime, right? Like, we didn't get this guy here. We want our own players. Um, and so I, I, I get it, right? They weren't – he wasn't part of their long-term plan. Maybe he should have been. But – um there just seems like a lot of value all the way around. And yes, there's certainly not a million unicorns out there, but I think it's a fair point to kind of get into in terms of why the, the ceiling of this group hasn't necessarily been pushed uh, as much as maybe some other spots. I just don't think you have enough guys at the top. I think you, and in case of point, everybody plays fantasy football, right? Yeah. 
everybody plays fantasy football. If you're going to draft a tight end, you either get one of the top four guys or you're going to wait. And I think that's a proper reflection of where the tight end talent is in the league right now. Yeah. Too. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we're going to make some predictions here after a very, very quick, uh, quick break on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. Stick with us. Bold predictions time. I'll tell you what, though. Before we get to the bold predictions, like, there's the, there's this group of tight ends. Like, even Tyler Conklin at 6.75. Hayden Hurst, 7.25. Dwan Johnson at 6. Like, that's probably not a bad world to live in. You know what I, I mean? Think that, I think that's probably the best balance of, unless you're going to have one of the unicorn guys, like having, I, I would try I would try to sign Hayden Hurst every single year. If he's just going to continue yeah. to sign one-year contracts yeah. with teams and just pinball around for some odd reason while being like a very competent all-around player at the position, yeah, I can't believe he, that nobody has bottled this guy up for an extended period of time because he was Atlanta, Baltimore. Did he stop in Carolina? He's in Carolina now. Cincinnati. Come on, gang. Yeah. This is a this is a adequate starter tight end, but an upper tier adequate starter tight end. And the Panthers gave him what three years twenty one? Good for them. Uh so they they get a really nice value there. Like, would you rather have Hayden Hurst for three years twenty one or Dawson Knox for fourteen million dollars a season? Or Mark or not Mark Andrews, uh who's the other guy? Uh David Njoku, who also got like right at fourteen million dollars a season. Can I can I give you a take? Sure. Is Hayden Hurst not better than both of those guys? I think they're in the same tier, which is important because those guys that I just said the money. Double, yeah, for half the money. Yeah. Okay. So that's not a bold prediction, but we got some bold predictions. Yeah. My you first, start, yeah. My first one. Pat Fryermuth? Yeah. I think Pat Fryermuth is going to be the next real needle mover here. Uh, so my actual prediction is that he resigns with the Steelers for at least fifteen million dollars average annual value before the you start think of he twenty. Gets that much? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think you're Darren Waller's at seventeen, then Kittle is fifteen, and Kelsey's fourteen point three. Kelsey very much seems like he's not going to force the issue with his deal. I think he's got two more years after this season on his contract. And what he talk about like winning was what he cared about, right? And I, I'm not sure he's going to stress the Chiefs cap situation especially at this point in his career where he gets to play with Pat Mahomes and just catch all these balls and win Super Bowls, right? I don't think that's good. I don't think he's going to force the issue there. And Kittle's kind of losing leverage as he's had some durability issues. But I think Pat Fryermuth is a young player, um, can can be north of 15. 15 or more, that's what I'm saying. Man, if you, if you would have told me it'd be 13 more, I'd be all in. 15 puts him in the top three in pay. Right. And Pittsburgh's in like the bottom third of the league in cap space right now. Da- Dawson Knox just got 14. David and just got 14. Like you, Ingram's got 13.75. And man, I love Pat Farmeath too. The the biggest this, problem. This is not Pat Farmeath's hate no, right now. I want the, to be the biggest problem with the deal is it's Pittsburgh. Right. What makes not, that problem? They're not always a big spending team, but they do keep their own. 
If they're going to spend, it's on their own players. Okay. So Kyle Pitts made a Pro Bowl, right? You'd have to think. Season. You'd have to think. Was he original ballot? I will because check. if that if that's the case, his fifth year option is nine point seven. It's a bargain, right? So that that's my first prediction: is is Kyle Pitts gets locked in on the fifth year option, but does not play, does not get a contract extension. Yeah, he was original ballot as a rookie. Yeah. So and he might get it this year, and if he gets it this year, then it's eleven. And if he goes to two Pro Bowls, guess what? It's going to be a steal to get him at 11 as well. Yeah, I don't I don't think it matters. I think he's getting tagged or fifth year option. Fifth year option, but I don't I don't think he gets a contract extension in the next 12 months. Because that fifth year option removes the urgency to yeah. get it done before that because what are you going to do? You're going to pay him with 2 years left on his deal and then it's year 3 before you get any of that and you get a better idea of who he is as a player. This well, the market's not moving fast enough correct. to justify giving him a, a big contract extension as soon as he's eligible. He will have one hell of an argument by if he goes out and has a thousand yards this year to be able to say two of his first three NFL seasons he's had a thousand yards, right? And he's kind of like the perfect type of tight end that I think Arthur Smith wants. I mean, team success will matter here. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. So that's my first is is Pitts gets fifth year option, but not extended in the next 12 months. My other one is very similar to my first one. It's TJ Hawkinson. I think he also gets $15 million a season from the Minnesota Vikings. They traded for it. Pays pays that. Yeah, I think so. They, um, they traded for him. Right. And I know they didn't give up a ton, but they, they definitely went out and said, we wanted this player. Um, and I think that Questy is wanting to fill up this roster with his guys. And, He's been able to do that, and I think that he's going to want to keep him. I think this tight end uh, position is important for the O'Connell offense, and um, I think they, I think they keep him. I don't think they traded f- for him to not keep him around long term. So I think you get two guys north of fifteen million dollars a season, and their names are Pat Fryermuth and T.J. Hawkins. Okay, so I'm just I'm just going to read you some names. Okay, Kirk Cousins, back in Minnesota or no? I think there's a good chance of it. Daniel Hunter. No. You think he's gone? Yes. Marcus Davenport. One year thing. So you don't think they bring him back either? No. And then you have TJ Hawkinson, who you've already kind of gone out on the limb for and said you think that that gets done. Uh, Ezra Cleveland. Maybe. 50-50 there. Nick Muse. That's kind of the next meaningful player that's an expiring contract. Yeah, I think that's or not not Nick Muse. I said, I said Nick Muse. I meant KJ Osborne. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a lot of urgency there. I think they like KJ and he's a good locker room guy, but it depends on what he commands. And their top three options are passing games. Very clearly going to be Jeff, Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson in this world that I'm living in. So you think? Would you say Hawkinson is the most likely of the four top t- expiring? players to be back or do you think Kirk has a greater chance of being back than Hawkinson? I think, I think they're both back. If you, if you had to make me like more, like my confidence meter would be a little bit higher 
with Kirk. Just by it. So, so if you had to pick two of the top four expiring contracts to come back, you think it would be Kirk and, and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, and I think Hunter and Cleveland would be more likely to leave. Okay. And I, I certainly agree with Daniel Hunter with his age and how they've transitioned already. And we'll see with what Marcus Davenport looks like as well. Um, my last prediction is that across these names, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett, Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, all the way down the list, nobody gets more than seven on their next deal. Okay, now that we know I think, the criteria, I think T, go back Hawkinson, through the names. TJ Hawkinson is the only tight end next year to get more than seven. Including extent. Wow. So you are, you are saying no, 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 I'm not getting both of mine. That's what you're saying by that. Well, no, I'm not including extensions because they're both still under contract. I said Hawkinson. I agree is going to get more. Okay. I, I think 15 is aggressive, but is farm farm is eligible for extension, but not an expiring contract. Right. So, so I'm the Alex uh, Highsmith thing, man, a veteran free agents, that are going to hit the market. Hawkinson is the only one that's going to get more than $7 million per. Go through the names again. Hunter Henry. His current is 12 and a half. 12 and a half, right. Tyler Higby. Right. 31 years old. He's at seven and a quarter now. He's already on the cusp, but he's getting older. Dalton Schultz. Couldn't get it this year. He's going to play in Houston this year. Going to bump his stock up. Gerald Everett. Mike Isecki. I'm inclined to believe with you. I mean, the only one that would actually be taking a hit would be like Hunter Henry. And he got overpaid on his last deal from New England anyway. Right. As a part of just an egregious tight end strategy with them and Johnny Smith. Yeah. So... I found a better way to word it after you corrected me. So thank you. Hawkinson, the only expiring contract to get more than $7 million next year at the tight end position. That's fun. I think you're probably right, but that'll be, that'll be interesting to monitor that. Mm -hmm. We'll see like somebody might get a contract. I think if, if, if I lose this, it's on a contract extension that's done with a team and a player that won't be an expiring contract though. So you'll be fine. Well, no, like if Higby signs an extension before he hits the open market, Oh, you know what I mean? Are they going to give him a raise? I don't think so. But like this says an example, maybe Dalton Schultz, you because you put a void year on the back end of it anyway, you give him an extension and he goes up to seven, like maybe. I, mean, I, I think, think that's it, the pathway for me losing this bet, but that. what What's the surprise ones? Like the Will Disley getting $8 million a season and Josh Oliver getting $7 million a season. Good for Will Disley. Good for Will Disley. But like those that those types of weird ones are the you know like you just never know when that's coming, right? We'll see. I don't see a lot of players here that I lose sleep over putting me in that position. Like what was that? The Ian Thomas contract is one that I'll never understand. He got that deal. It was um. I never was it. I never understood the the Ian Thomas three years seventeen thing from the jump. It's like, what is up with that guy? Is there anybody a little buried a little further down that I'm forgetting? 
It's random breakout guy. Cole Kmet is like, yeah, he sure that could be a name. 20, 25 year old. His current APY is $2 million. So he didn't show up super high, but like still. Is Cole Komet going to go over seven? I'd be surprised. He's, he's like, and it'd be an early extension too. It's like a marginally better version of Dalton Schultz. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go from a profile perspective, Noah Fant might be the, the best probability based off the guys that actually got paid money this year. Yeah. That could be, that could be, that could wreck your plan right there. Noah Fant. Stay tuned. And I would not be mad about it because I'm number one Noah fan stand going all the way back to <laughs> Iowa. We're out of here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Locked on NFL Scouting. It's in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make it a great weekend. We will be back to talk to you all again on Monday. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.